and just the challenges that comes along with it. And I felt like my experience was almost mirroring exactly what yours was, just I am not smart enough for this. Everybody around me is just so brilliant and intelligent. But in reality, that wasn't the thing, I think, that a lot of people who went to graduate school got out of it. They were just such hard workers, so dedicated. And I can definitely see that in Damaris and that God called her to that. That's an even more powerful witness and testimony of her just being in graduate school. So thank you so much. It's so great. And that's really today, this morning, we're, we're talking about this idea of overcoming persistent enemies. Uh, overcoming persistent enemies. Now, this is the third uh, message in our series. Uh, if you haven't listened to the previous two messages, I highly recommend going back, taking a look online at our church uh, website, bluemont.church slash messages. Uh, there's such great, uh, not only information in there, but it's just so helpful uh, as we're tracking along. We're trying to hit specific topics in a good sequence, and so uh, I'd highly recommend going and listening to those. Um, but really today, I do want to give a, a brief caveat. Number one, uh, as you can probably tell, I'm a little congested, so this is one of the persistent enemies that I'm battling right now, is uh, a full nose and a sore throat. So as you notice, I have not one but two cups of water here uh, for overcoming. Mmm, delicious. The second caveat is that most of this material is actually, it comes from material that we use as a church uh, for uh, study, to get deeper into the Word, to really understand who God is and the purposes He has for our lives. In fact, uh, a lot of the stuff comes from our Kingdom Living 3 book, which is right over on the resources and events table. Uh, and if you're like, hey, I'm looking to get connected and plugged in and grow in my understanding and relationship with God, then we would love to get you connected. Uh, you can come and talk to us right afterwards and we get you plugged right into one. Uh, and I think this is such great information for us. So this is kind of a good overview of some of the stuff that we see in Kingdom Living 3. But anyway, uh, a couple days ago I went online and I was thinking to myself, what are a few things that come up often or keep coming back? So I did what most people do. I went to Google and said, Google, what are some things that keep coming back? And Google gave me a few answers that I thought were really funny, so here they are. Uh, number one, the hair on my legs, if you're a lady. Uh, number two, a boomerang, right? Yeah, boomerang keeps coming back no matter what. Uh, three was the cat. A cat just keeps coming back, right? I think maybe it's like you're feeding it, you're putting food out, that's why it keeps coming back. Um, TV repeats of repeats. Right? Repeats of repeats, happy days, right? Uh, this one I thought was funny, and just a, you know, just a, a disclosure here, I love her to death, but uh, my mother-in-law is one that was, was on there. She just keeps coming back no matter what. Um, and the last one I think all of us can really identify with this, and it's kind of frustrating for those of us who are a little older, but outdated fashions, Right? <laughs> Just right now, if you look at just the way that fashion works, it's like the 70s and 80s. I feel like I'm reliving that. And I, for me, I was a 90s kid. So, and I don't know if you are aware, but the 90s was like the most awkward phase for every, I like just all the styles were so terrible. Like there's, there's no unique style to it. It was just weird, right? So, so I'm kind of curious to see like what, what's going to come back? Like what, what's it going to look like? 
Yeah. <laughs> so on a more serious note, this is just something that was kind of funny, right? There's a lot of stuff that continually comes back, uh, just cyclical, right? Cycles. This is true in our lives as well, right? In both the positive and the negative. Uh, there's persistent enemies and challenges that keep rising to the surface even after we believe that we've dealt with them. Yeah. And it's just, it, that's something I think that's true for every single person in this room, whether you're a Christian or you're not a Christian. You're saying, man, like, I have all these issues. Like, what's the story? Well, this is part of who God is, that sometimes there's a process that he wants us to walk through in order to walk it out and to live it out. And that's really sometimes challenging, I think, for us, because there are also stories on the other side of things where you see people who become Christians who are freed automatically, like almost immediately from certain things. For example, um, I have a friend of mine who was uh, just an alcoholic abuser for probably 10 years, and the day they got saved, the day that they started following Christ, surrendered their life to Christ, they were completely clean of it. I, and I can't explain it. That is a totally supernatural miracle right there. Um, those of you, maybe you know somebody who struggles with that. It's, the challenges of walking through that, it's very painful and difficult. Um, drug abusers, right? You hear people who were drug abusers, but when they come to Christ, they no longer have any addiction issues, right? It's, that's a miracle that God is doing. He's removing that. So we see that, but on the other hand, there's also a process, too, that God wants us to walk through that he doesn't remove some of those things immediately. And that's really confusing, right? A lot of times, a lot of our identity is placed in, God, why did you do it for this person, but you didn't do it for me? What's the story? Why, why not me? And in reality, that's not the perspective that God wants to give us. The perspective that God wants to give us is to have uh, a mentality of overcoming, Let's take a look at Galatians 5.1. Galatians 5.1. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the, yoke, uh, to the yoke of slavery. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Now, the interesting thing about this verse, when I look at it, I see that there's freedom that Christ gives, but then there's also the charge that says stand firm. It's easy to not stand firm, right? If uh, anybody in here has ever played basketball, right? You stand underneath the net, and you want to, like, protect the net and not get a charging penalty right, or a, a blocking, you, or you've got to stand right there, planted feet. And you've got a dude coming in on you who's just going to knock you down, and it's like, oh, this is going to be painful. Like, you know it's coming. You can feel it. It's, it's coming in. But really, that's what, that's what that charge is. That freedom does come at a cost. It comes at the cost of Christ surrendering his life, but at the same time, it comes at the cost of us standing firm. Right. It's, it's both and. So ultimately, God places these things, or he doesn't place these things in our lives. He allows them to persist in our lives because what he's doing is ultimately training us and molding us into the likeness of Christ himself. And I'll talk a little bit more about that here in just a minute. Uh, but the first, we need to understand just a few principles that are at play or at, at work here. Uh, number one is the principle of sowing and reaping. It's the principle of sowing and reaping. Take a look at what Galatians 6.8 says. 
For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. It's this idea of sowing and reaping. If you're a farmer, you understand this concept quite well. You can't put okra in your... Yeah, it's a random one. Okra. You can't put okra in your field and expect, I really want corn. I mean, that's ridiculous, right? You can't do that. What you sow, ultimately, is what you reap. So what you're pouring into, that ultimately is what's going to reap benefits or um, influence. And the thing is that God doesn't put persistent enemies in, enemies in our life. Ultimately, we do. A lot of times it's background, um, our attitudes, our perspectives. And chall- it's challenging, honestly. It really is. And we have a tendency in this situation, though, is to play, play the blame game. Yeah. This person is responsible for why I feel this way, Right? My professor, he just doesn't understand. I can't get it. My boss is just a jerk, and he doesn't get me. He's given me all these problems. It's his fault that I'm in my situation. Right? We do that. And a lot of times, we don't even do it so blatantly. We do it subtly. If only I had this, or if only I had that, or if only... Really what you're doing is you're blaming God in that situation. You're saying, God... You're not good enough to give me what I need. That ultimately is what a lot of our, our challenge is, that we play the blame game. So here's a quick test to know what you're sowing. What are you giving thoughts to? To what thoughts do you give energy to? And second, to what attitudes am I also giving energy to? What thoughts and attitudes am I giving energy to? You know what a miracle is? This is, um, this is kind of a, an amazing thing when you think about it. A miracle is when a crop is growing, so you sow something, a crop is growing, and then God stops it from growing. That's what a miracle is. Sometimes he rips it out by the root. Sometimes that happens. But most of the time it's just stopping it from growing. A lot of the root is still there. Anyone ever deal with weeds? Right? Dandelions in your yard? You just run the mower right over it, and it's like, sweet, the dandelion's gone. Guess what? Two days later, it's right back. Because you didn't rip the root out. And that's, that's so important for us to know. And here's the thing. This whole idea of sowing and reaping, it's important to realize that what we're sowing now is ultimately going to reap something maybe five or ten years down the road. There's not an immediate uh, return, rate of return, right? Sometimes that's the perspective that we have, is I want to see immediate results. You know, that's the reason why most people fail when it comes to New Year's resolutions and going to the gym, right? I want to go to the gym twice and I want to have this ripped body, right? Like, that's just not realistic because you have to sew into it. And ultimately, in that case, it's going to take months. But for some of the things that we are dealing with, the persistent enemies that come up, we need to sow into them so that years down the road, we're growing. We're ripping that stuff out by the root. Does that make sense? you guys follow? Yeah. Yeah. Good. 
And why is that? Why doesn't God dig the root out every single time? It's challenging. It's a challenging question. And the reason is because God doesn't want to develop, he wants to develop a perspective in us that's eternal. Not temporary. Right? There's a mentality, this is very prevalent in the church, uh, that my mission as a Christian is to one day go to heaven. That's not the reality that God gives to us and that's not the reality of what we see in the Bible. He wants to grow us eternally to bring heaven here, right? To bring heaven here and to change the very atmosphere, every single place that we walk, we're ultimately bringing the kingdom of God. That's the perspective that God wants us to have. And so in doing that, in God doing that and growing our character, what we need to do is to understand that I'm growing my character sometimes, there's going to be problems that come up, right? If I have to deal with problems, it's teaching me to overcome. If you're a parent, you understand what that means. Um, I'll explain that in a second. Here's, a, here's another point. Power is guarded by problems. Power is guarded by problems. Take a look at what Revelation 2.26 says. To the one who overcomes and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. To the one who overcomes and does my will all the way to the end, I will give authority. So, God is deferring authority. He's giving us authority when we overcome. Right? It's so relevant and so important for us that He's giving us power and authority. James 1, 2-4 says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith, and I put this in parentheses, problems, that's really what the testing of your faith is, problems, produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Uh, you know what's interesting? The problems, and I'm just telling this out of my personal perspective from my life, the problems that I faced five years ago when I was just walking into really following and surrendering my life to Christ, they were like itty bitty. They weren't really that hard. But at the time, they were like, this is life ending right now. Like, I can't handle this, right? But looking back, it's like that was nothing, right? And that's the, that's the truth, too. It's like, Right now in my life, I'm dealing with more problems and more challenges that are more challenging. More problems that are more challenging, right? Figure that one out. More problems that are more challenging because I have a greater load-bearing capacity, right? You see bridges on roads, and they say, like, weight limit, 10 tons. You know, you can't just drive over it with 20 tons because that's probably not going to be good for A, you, and B, the bridge, it's probably just a bad idea to do that. But ultimately, what God's doing in having problems in our lives that we're working to overcome, He's essentially building that bridge with more beams and support layers. It's like, okay, you can, now you can handle it. Boom, here's a huge like, load-bearing beam right there. I'm just going to, you know, now you can carry more. And it's like, wow, like, really, like, 
That, to me, that's kind of scary because it's like, I don't really want to overcome if I have to deal with like, harder problems. Does that make sense? You know, you know what I mean? But in reality, that's like who God wants us to be. And it's freedom. Remember, it's freedom for Christ to set us free. That's the, the goal of this, is this producing freedom in us. Um, my daughter, she's funny. Um, she's nine months old. And uh, yeah, she's nine months old. What can I say about that? She's, uh, she's just started crawling about a month ago. And uh, it's, it's frightening. It's really scary because before we could literally just put her down on the floor and walk away and, okay, she's good, you know? Maybe she'll roll like two feet to one side, but she's good. Now, it's, if we walk away, it's like, if we walk back, where'd she go? Oh, my gosh, like, is she okay? She's like in another room, you know? Like, you know, go, oh, look, look power cables. I want to chew on these, right? Like, that's a re- real thing if you want to be a parent. So I'll just tell you right now, like, <laughs> I can't tell you how many, ooh, interesting and new things, I want to chew on it. So, but the thing is, now she's at a point where she's starting to stand up. Um, so babies, before they start walking, they'll start, like, pulling up on things and just, like, hanging out, looking over stuff, and they'll, like, start, like, shuffling. Um, and so it's, she's starting to learn, like, how to stand up and be on her feet, and balance, and all of those things, uh, and last night, it was, I'm kind of, like, sadistically funny, but she fell, and hit her head, you know, and of course, like, babies are going to fall, that's just normal, um, but she fell, and she hit her head, and it, it hurt, obviously, you hit your head, it's going to hurt, but sometimes, uh, she has a flair for the dramatic, right, it's just, She'll look at me after she falls and hits her head, and if I react, then she'll freak out. Like, oh, he thinks it's bad. Oh, like, oh my gosh, you know, the world is ending. Like, what's happening? So, it's, it's so funny, like, just when you see that, okay, like, hey, I know that hurt, it's going to be okay, everything's all right. Five minutes later, what's she doing? She's trying to stand up again. Right? Why? She's obviously learning. She's growing. She's developing her ability to overcome gravity. That's a real thing. Like, you got to develop your ability to stand up, right? But a lot of times, that's not our mentality. When we have things in our lives that are challenging, that we struggle with, ultimately, we need to press into God and say, God, I want to overcome this. What do I got to do? How do I do this? And keep going back and back and back again and keep pressing in. So power is guarded by problems. Take a look at what this is saying. Again, James 1, 2 through 4 says this. Testing of your faith produces perseverance. Perseverance let it finish its work so you may be sure and complete, not lacking anything. Hannah, can you bring the next one up? Yeah, maturity. Take a look at this. Maturity comes from perseverance. You grow when you persevere. You can only persevere when you face challenges or when you face problems. Does that make sense? Next one. On the flip side, this is also true. 
You will not mature if you do not persevere. You cannot persevere if you don't face problems. That's a reality for every single one of us. You cannot persevere if you do not face problems. We, uh, we could have called this series Those Who Persevere, but it's just not really as catchy as Overcomers. You know, there is something really powerful in just the idea of persevering and overcoming and facing those challenges that hit us head on. All right. The last thing, growth is painful, right? Growth is painful. When I was, uh, I think it was 13 or 14, um, as you notice, I'm tall, six foot four. Um, in between eighth and ninth grade, that summer, I grew anywhere from 10 to 12 inches. Wow. Yeah, it was super painful. Like, I, if anybody has, un, as a tall person, you understand that you naturally go through growing pains in your knees specifically when you're maturing, right? It felt like somebody was taking a baseball bat to my knees every single night. I was taking, you know, tons of medication just to help with the pain, deal with it. It was challenging, you know? But the interesting thing was I knew I was growing because it was painful. Does that make sense? I knew I was growing because it was painful. So when I stopped feeling the pain at night, I knew, okay, like, I'm done growing. I don't feel it anymore. That's awesome. And that's interesting, I think, for, for many of us is that we have a tendency to shy away from pain. We don't, obviously, nobody likes it. Nobody wants to be in pain. But you know that when you are facing it and you're looking to Christ that you're growing. And that's, that's encouraging. In the midst of the challenge, it's encouraging. Take a look at what Hebrews 5, 7-9 through 9 says. While Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. In this way, God qualified him as the perfect high priest, and he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him. If you see what Jesus himself, as God's son, God himself had to walk through. The key thing in here that I see is that he learned obedience. Right? Jesus lived a perfect life, but he still learned. He had to learn obedience. So if Jesus has to learn obedience, Jesus has to suffer and endure this perfect person it's so true. It's true for each and every one of us, and it is painful. I would encourage you just in this moment, in this time, whatever the persistent thing is that keeps coming up, or whatever situation you're in, the painful situation, just to pray to God, God, this is painful. God, this is painful. I, I don't 
I don't understand why this is here, but God, I want to press in to who you are. I want to grow into the calling that you have for me through this. And really, this is, this is the truth of, if you read through the Psalms in the Old Testament, David is writing in many places where he's almost at the point of death. He's crying out, God, why are you doing this? I don't understand. And at the end of most of those psalms, he says, but yet I will still praise him. I will still glorify him. I will still honor him, for he's good. And that's the mentality that God wants to give us. God, despite this terrible situation I'm in, despite these problems and these challenges, God, I want more of you. I want to grow and learn and be conformed more into the likeness of who you call me to be. That's so important for us. So what do we do with this? What do we do with this? I'm going to give two examples, I think, of uh, persistent enemies that really hit us. Um, For the ladies, I think it's true that most women struggle with body image. And, you know, maybe you listen to the lie of, I'm too big, I'm too skinny, I'm too tall, I'm too short. Whatever the lie is, it's a lie. It's not true. God created you beautiful. He created you beautiful, objectively beautiful. And that is a complete and utter lie, and it's something that is absolutely ravaging so many people these days with just, oh my gosh, like, who am I? And that is not true. It's not true. For the men in this room, a common persistent enemy is lust, objectifying women, succumbing or going to pornography for fulfillment. And that is a complete and utter lie as well. It will never fulfill you. From the time I was 14 to the time I was 28, almost half my life, that was something that I struggled with for years. And every single time, at the end of the day, when I got done, I felt like a complete waste of life. Garbage. Terrible. And that is exactly the purpose and the goal of the enemy. And I hate it. His goal is to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to absolutely destroy you. And it's garbage. It's complete garbage. The worst part about it is I would constantly justify it. I always kept finding myself going back, thinking, oh, this will just fulfill me. Oh, it's not hurting anybody. Yes, it is. It's hurting me. It's hurting everybody else around me. The way that I treat them, the way that I look at them, the way that I think about them, it's garbage. It's not true. It's a lie. And the truth is, it is absolutely impossible to overcome sin that you make friends with. It's impossible. Sin will never fulfill you. Never. And that's the lie. The lie is, if I do this, I'll feel fulfilled and feel good. In 14 years, I never felt that. And I'm telling you right now, 
that for me, a person who is a persistent porn abuser, that you can find freedom. It's possible. It's not something that's impossible. It is absolutely possible. My wife and I, um, just this last week, we were at Target. Um, It's kind of painful, honestly, to think about, but we were at Target in the checkout line. And we look, and this is this is a habit that I've just developed um, just over time just because of um, I'm just very cautious of where I put my eyes. But the checkout line, there's this magazine that was just sitting there, and it was literally a fully nude woman. Just completely, com- fully nude right there, right in front of the checkout line. Um, and truthfully, I didn't even notice it because I just, like I said, I really just try to keep my eyes away from uh, magazine racks and stuff because a lot of the stuff that's in there is just not good. Uh, but my wife saw it. And so we go to the car and she talks to me a little bit. She's like, you know, that's, that's crazy. Did you see that? I'm like, what? I didn't even notice. She said there was just a picture, literally, like the cover, just a fully nude woman right there. And just crazy that that would be an image that's right there for everybody to see. Like, there's kids walking by that. You know? Like, what is that instilling in our kids? Like, what is that? She's like, I feel, I'll just be honest, she's not here, um, but she said it was okay that I share this. For her, it's just like, it, it drove, brought up that insecurity of body image. And to me, I'm like, that's so not true. Like, you're beautiful. That's, I didn't marry you because you're beautiful. You became more beautiful to me as I've gotten to know you. And that's the truth. And, like, that's the way that God sees us. He sees us as beautiful people. These two issues are, as you can tell, I'm, I get really angry when I talk about it because it's just, this is a persistent lie that so many people buy into. But the truth is that God can allow us and cause us to overcome this stuff. It's true. All of it. So here, what are some of the ways that we can do this? Number one, verbally declare truth five times per day using confession sheets. We sang this earlier. Uh, every word you speak brings healing. Right? We sang that earlier. Every word you speak brings healing. So, over here at the table that we have, the resource and events table, there's small little confession sheets. And uh, we've really been encouraging people to go through those, to read them out loud. Um, You don't have to read the whole thing five times a day. That would take a while, but... I would encourage you to find just a few, a few things. Focus on that one particular section five times per day. Um, There's something powerful about speaking verbally and proclaiming something, proclaiming truth, because it speaks directly to those lies. You know? God, you are good. You are faithful. 
God, my problem isn't bigger than you. Through you, I can overcome. God, I want to abide in you. I want to constantly be before you. You're good. You're big. You're bigger than my problems. I can face it because I have you by my side. You're walking me through it. So you do this over and over and over and over and over and over again. And I just said five times. You can do it certainly more. Five times just to get a habit started. To start the habit of doing it. And it's important because when we do that, we get our eyes off of ourselves, which is exactly what John said earlier. We get our eyes off of ourselves. We get our eyes on God. This is so helpful. This was one of the things that was really helpful for me personally in overcoming that addiction. So divert your attention away from yourself and onto God. Number two, get accountability and give updates regularly. Um, This is not, uh, I want to be very clear here that sometimes people treat accountability as though it's like a counseling session. Like, oh man, I screwed up this week. Yeah, man, I screwed up this week too. Well, dude, we're just all screw-ups this week, you know? Like, that's, that's not the purpose of accountability, right? The purpose of accountability is to help you and to put somebody in your life who's essentially a coach, right? It's like coaching. Uh, last time I spoke, there was a quote, uh, quote by Tom Landry. He basically said, uh, a coach tells players to do things they don't want to do in order to become the players they always wanted to be. Right? And that's, that's what the idea of a coach is. That's what the idea of accountability is. So my encouragement to you, when I say accountability, I'm not saying go to somebody who's also struggling with it. Right? Go to somebody and, hey, like, have you overcome this? Oh, dude, I need your help. As a guy, that's so helpful for me. As a lady, that's so helpful for you. I'm, I'm telling you right now, if you find somebody who's already overcome that issue, it's so encouraging just to hear their story, to share it, to, to do life and to live together. Um, yeah, anyway, so that's, that's my goal. And actually, we do have a few opportunities, too, if you are interested. We have groups already that meet throughout the week, regularly the campus. Uh, if you're a college student, we have uh, groups, uh, men's group and women's group that meet. Uh, if you're a non-college student, uh, Oregon Trail is a group that meets on Wednesday nights. Uh, we usually talk through the message. Um, so I'd recommend really just get plugged into one of those communities and find somebody to get connected to that has already overcome some of this stuff that you're dealing with. So helpful. So really that's all I have. I, I just want to close this out. I, I really believe God spoke to us powerfully this morning and there's a lot here, and it's just, it's, you know, it's tough to digest, I think, all of it. Sometimes it feels like you're drinking from a fire hydrant. Um, my goal is to put this before you and just to constantly, this week, just, man, like, God, like, where are some of the lies I'm believing? What is it that you want me to see about who you are and who I am? My identity isn't based on who I am, or what I am or what I do. God is based on who you say I am. So God, let's pray. God, thank you for uh, your goodness, your faithfulness. God, we just thank you that you spoke to us this morning very clearly. And God, I pray for every single person in this room. 
that if there are these problems or persistent enemies that continue to uh, just wreak havoc on our lives, God, that we would develop a mentality of overcoming. God, we'd develop a mentality of constantly going to you, of pursuing you, of pressing in, God, to knowing all that you have for us. Because, God, you want to grow us. You want to mold us and change us and transform us, God, into the likeness of who you are. God, I pray that we would walk out of this place just uh, not just reliving our hurts, God, but ultimately just going to you. God, I thank you for all that you are. In your name, amen.